And did those feet in ancient days walk upon England's mountains green? And was that countenance divine in England's pleasant pasture seen? I joined the church for social reasons. I had moved to a new neighborhood. And when you join a church, in this case it was an Anglican, or as they call it in the USA, an Episcopalian church, you get instant community, an immediate village of possible friends and associates, and an event to go to once a week with some pretty decent music and sociability in the coffee and cake sour after the service. So I joined. Now I am of a volunteering nature. My relatives like me not to join things because they know I'm going to end up volunteering and, if I'm not very careful, running whatever it is that I've joined. This is not the case with the church, of course, because it has its own hierarchical structure. Within the church, there was nothing more hierarchical, top-down, undemocratic as a choir. Now, I was living in a rented house, and in the basement, which was rather damp, there was a ferocious mold spore which gave me a bad case of allergic asthma. So having joined the church, I also joined the choir, which as I mentioned in my Taekwondo martial arts podcast, is a bit like volunteering for the Marines. There's a drill and you learn it. My mother had been a church organist and an Anglican church in Chatham, Ontario, so I pretty well knew the order of service. I knew the hymns and had a general idea how the psalms were sung. When we sat down in a choir rehearsal room at St. Paul's Runnymede in Toronto, I learned that there was a lot I didn't know. First of all, I don't read music. My early adventures in folk music taught me that it was better to work from the ear and the moment rather than from notes on a page. Although I could pick up notes of a tune to learn it, I couldn't sight-read the way all the other members of the choir could. Now, I have a fairly low voice. I'm certainly not a soprano, and I'm not really an alto. What I really am is sort of a high baritone. Thus, I ended up in the choir stall across from the ladies with the one or two male members of the choir singing the baritone parts. This was easier for me anyway, since you had to learn individual harmony tunes if you were an alto. Not being a sight reader, that didn't work for me. I needed to sing the actual tune for the most part. So there I was with the baritones, and next to me was a plump British professor of, I think it was, early English literature, who was very good at Anglican choir singing. I relied on him. And little did I know it, but he relied on me because I could be trusted to keep time, which was important, and follow the tune, and that's important too. We once had a visiting minister with us during the summer months. I guess he was interning or something like that, and he would sing in the choir as well. My friend the professor hated standing next to him, saying, He's all over the place. You can't follow him. You never know where he's going to go. He thinks he's artistic. Actually, artistic doesn't cut it. 
There's a way of singing these things, and that's the way you sing them. That's it. In choir rehearsal, we would put through a drill, and we would learn a fancy number for each service and rehearse that. Rehearse the hymns and the psalms and the sung parts of the service, Lord have mercy upon us, etc. I would sit in the choir and sing, and I got to observe the congregation. If you're sitting in the congregation, you can't observe the other members except for those on either side of you or just in front. From the choir, I could see most of them, and there they were. Most of them were much more devout than I was. I was a sort of casual pagan with Anglican roots. I tried to tell them this, in all honesty, but it was basically a case of, can you help with the church bazaar? I'm a pagan, you know. Well, that's fine, but can you help with the bazaar? Likewise with the choir. If you were there as a warm body, you opened your mouth and you sang, all was exceeding well. I was a loud singer once I got my voice back. The choir singing gave me my voice and my lungs again after my bout with asthma, for which I will be eternally grateful. I had moved out of the house that gave me the allergic asthma, and the choir completed the healing process. They liked me in the choir because they could hear me. I kept good time and I was in tune. Now every service the organist does a special number at the end of the service which will be Bach or one of those elaborate church numbers. I used to listen to this guy and he was very knowledgeable, an older traditional musician. He really knew his stuff and he could really play but to my ear he couldn't keep time worth a damn. There was a sort of time lag. The organist ponderous instrument anyways, and this may have been part of it. Playing it must be sort of like dancing with a hippo. Other people didn't seem to notice the time lag, so I guess it was okay. The choir kept good time when they were singing. We had a special kind of show-and-tell at Christmas. In the more casual or folk-type masses at Christmas, children were involved, and people with individual skills could get up and demonstrate them. I have a devilish streak. I had a green carry bag just large enough to conceal my tambourine. Now the tambourine is more suited to the Salvation Army on a street corner. It is not usually heard in an Anglican Episcopalian service. I had told the powers that be that I was going to perform a folk song. When it came my turn, I went up to the lectern, reached in my bag, and pulled out the tambourine, the expression on the staid old organist choirmaster's face showed that he didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But there I was, I sang the cherry tree carol Appalachian style. As Joseph was a-walking, he heard an angel sing. To Mary born at midnight is Christ the heavenly King. To Mary born at midnight is Christ the heavenly King. And onward, and onward. So that was my moment of fame there. At Easter, similarly, I got up and did an a cappella number which people told me afterwards had the hair raised on the back of their necks. 
they crucified my Lord. And he never said a mumbling word. They crucified my Lord. And he never said a mumbling word. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. There was a slave rebellion in the American South, and its members who were caught were tortured and hung, but none of them, none of them confessed the names of the other people involved in the rebellion, and the song apparently came out of that. Eventually, I became slightly bored with the church. I used to read fantasy and science fiction magazine during the sermon. No one seemed to notice or care. I guess they thought I was studying the hymn book up there. Eventually, I moved away and drifted away from the church, but I value that comradeship still and the musical insights and getting my voice back. The whole experience was a really good thing for me at that time and in that place. This is Sonia Brock, podcasting from Toronto, Ontario. You can reach me at Sonia, S-O-N-I-A, Sonia at SoniaBrock.com.